Hello church and welcome. Uh, as you'll see, I'm sitting down today. It's because I've been told I walk around too much when I preach. I'm only kidding. Hopefully someone laughed at that joke. Um, no, we're actually, we're trying something a little bit different today for, uh, for our message component. Um, and to start, what I want to do is I want to say share a little, um, a little text from scripture and then what we're going to do is enter into a conversation. I have a few people beside me here, which you can't see just yet, um, but I'm just going to share this scripture and then we're going to get into it. Uh, so this is from the book of James chapter one, and this is verses 19 and 20. And it says this, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So some pretty poignant words there and words that I think um, could be hated by many of us. And as, as we look around the world around us, particularly over the last uh, couple of weeks or months, um, there's been a lot of people that have been um, getting angry, getting frustrated, um, sharing words that perhaps don't reflect the, the character of what you might hope for, from Christian people. But um, we're, we're going to enter into a discussion today, which I think is really important. Um, and so what I'm going to do now is I'm going to introduce the people beside me today. Um, so I have Bianca and Kirill. So welcome, guys. Um, I'm going to be interviewing these guys. We're going to be talking about uh, the topic of reconciliation in Australia. We're going to be talking about race. We're going to be um, entering in and leaning into this conversation because it is a really important conversation for us to have as a church community. And it's one that we want to um, be a part of and I think is really tied in well with this uh, legacy series that we've been uh, discussing. And we're going to be hopefully landing at a point where we're answering that question, what does it look like for us as a church to leave a legacy of reconciliation? Um, so firstly, guys, welcome. Welcome to, to being a part of this today. Um, I'd love for really quick, can you guys just introduce yourselves? Maybe tell us what you do with yourselves um, and maybe just, I don't know, a fun fact. My name's Kirill, for those who might not know. Um, I'm a student and... A full-time procrastinator. I um, love God and love life. That's good. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Kirill. Full-time procrastinator. I love it. Uh, so my name's Bianca. Um, obviously, I'm Kirill's mum. Um, as my other job, I am a social health counsellor uh, with one of the medical services here on the Gold Coast. I um, also run my own business, so I'm a um, facilitator for mental health um, first aid for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people and that's um, something that I deliver nationally and so um, I'm quite blessed to be able to go out into remote communities and deliver that particular training and facilitate that training so um, yeah things I like to do I suppose um, chill out have time with my kids when I can yep. and um, take care of the big procrastinator. <laughs> <laughs> that's right that's awesome thanks so much for sharing that um, and yeah, we're so blessed to have you guys as a part of our church community and blessed to have you um, yeah, say yes to the opportunity to, to share today. Um, we're going to be talking about yeah, a topic that I guess connects with your experience here um, in Australia and one that I think is really important for people like myself to listen to. Um, one of the things I read recently was from a, a lady who's she's studying um, her, her doctorate studies in looking at in, like indigenous relations in Australia. And she's a white lady and, and she said, um, if there's one thing that we don't need at this time, it is for more white people to say stuff. And um, we had a conversation the other day. We were talking about racial reconciliation. We were talking about this idea and you guys shared something that I thought was really powerful, which was the, the, probably the most powerful thing that I can do right now is listen. 
there's actually not a whole lot that, that I can contribute or not a lot of productive things I can do by, by saying stuff. And so we're going to model this today. And I've just got a few questions for you guys. And we're going to discuss these things. And I'm going to listen. And I'm going to hopefully gain some more understanding. And as a church, I'd love for us to gain some more understanding about um, your experience in Australia and what it looks like for us as Christians to productively respond to um, some of the, the issues that we're facing as a, as a national community. So um, hopefully that's kind of framed the discussion a bit for today. But I've just got a first question that um, I want to uh, ask you guys. And that is... Why is it important for Christians to be a part of this discussion on reconciliation? Why is it important for us to, to be a part of it? Okay. Well, I guess, um, firstly, what is it to be a Christian? I guess it's to be a child of God and show God's love. And I think God made us people, or I guess Christians, to kind of share his message that we are his children and that yeah. although every race is different, we're all the same, Yeah, if that makes sense. So we all have like a similar value, right? Yeah. God's created each of us uniquely and beautifully you know, in, a, in a special way and yeah. it's important for us to, to share that message. Yeah, definitely. Um. I think the reason why it's um, really important as well is um, in regards to reconciling is for people, um, particularly in Australia, to have an understanding of what happened with Aboriginal people here in this country. Um, you know, Kirill and Azalea, my two children, are quite... Um, how can I say, were raised differently to what I was. So considering the things that I had learnt and experienced growing up um, is very different to what they've experienced. Um, you know, my parents grew up in a time where they weren't even considered humans in this country. They were actually classed as flora and fauna. Yeah. And, um, you know, bless their souls, they, um, you know wasn't until they were about seven and eight years old that they were actually considered human beings in their own country. Mm. And I think it's really important, um, you know, us as Christians to be able to sit and listen and know about these stories um, and not be afraid to be uncomfortable when you hear those things because, um, you know, God doesn't sit us in a comfort zone. He... Um, puts us in places where we can grow. He wants us to spread our wings. He wants us to have that type of knowledge and to be able to progress it forward. And, you know, we have a big God who can help us to do those things. Um, one thing that is really important as well is to to have knowledge of that type of stuff, um, you know, and, and being a Christian. Um, it's almost like... Um, you know, we, we look at, you know, obviously the media doesn't, don't really give Aboriginal people the benefit of the doubt in this country. They don't really paint us um, or people don't allow people to perceive us uh, in, in a not so great way um, or in a great way, I should say. So um, when people take a step back and they actually listen and are able to empathise with what happened in this country, um, 
it allows you to open doors to gain knowledge that you never had before. Yeah. Um, the important thing with that is, um, you know, it's almost like being a Christian and people not actually listening to stories is almost like saying, well, who's my neighbour? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I think you, you touched on something really important, which is, is the media, right? Mm. And I think media brings so many beautiful things, but I guess some challenges as well. Yeah, um, particularly that, to an extent, it does dehumanise and it distances us, distances us from the reality of what's going on in our country. Um, you know, we, we can be made more aware of, of you know, the, the, the things that we as a country here in Australia need to work on. But to an extent, it does dehumanise it because I don't know the people that I'm seeing on the screen. What's powerful about this is that there is flesh and bone behind these stories. And um, I think it's really important for us to acknowledge that and to, to lean into that. So um, you, you kind of started talking about it, but I want to I take the next step and I guess just ask you a, a simple question, but it, it undoubtedly has a massive answer. And I want you guys to just, can you, can you try and articulate for, for us at church, what is it like living in, in, in Australia as an Indigenous person? How would you describe the Indigenous experience in Australia? Uh, I was talking about this before, but um, I, it's there's good and bad things to. It, it's not only indigenous, but uh, like we're talking about this for now. But we can, as a good thing, we can express old types of art and culture that we have, and we can basically show the world that. Like how special our like, not not like a single culture can't be more special than another. But it, we can show how we have weird and different things to yeah. every other culture. Yeah, and, and like there are beautiful things a part of the indigenous culture. Yeah, yeah. And I think the bad side of it is, um, well, I guess, discrimination. That's like, mm. it's always going to be the maybe in some little way, but yeah, it, at the moment, it's not so little. <laughs> um, I think the, the experience for me is, um, you know, as Kirill said, there's the good and the bad. Um, you know, uh, we live in a country where um, we have the oldest living culture on earth. Um, there's a lot that we could learn from that um, Aboriginal people in this country, uh, you know, we there are over 7,000 different dialects of language uh, within this country and there's so much uh, to be learned from that. Um, you know, the recent bushfires, you know, even small things like backburning properly, <laughs> uh, those types of things can have a massive impact on what society could look like today. Yeah. Um, you know, but the, the flip side of... Um, you know, having such a rich culture um, and learning about that is, um, you know, sadly, um, people are racially profiled. Um, you know, even children as young as 10 years old, uh, if not younger. Um, you know, we Aboriginal people in this country make up 3%, um, but yet we have the highest representation than anywhere else in the world um, of our... Um, people representing in um, correction, f correctional facilities and, um, you know, and I talk about Australia-wide but even in Queensland, Northern Territory and Western Australia, 
We have children that are serving time uh, for minor crimes that they would get a slap on the wrist in um, other places for. Um, you know, they're serving time in adult correctional facilities and how traumatising is that for kids? Um, I always recommend that people uh, have a look at the documentary Utopia. You know, it sounds beautiful, but it will show you the harsh reality of a country that um, where people, you know, are oppressed and are still uh, living in hard times. And um, I think that one of the most important things is uh, for people to um, be able to hear those stories and see what that's like. You know, me as a mum, um, you know, my my dad's, uh, my grandma's first eight children are actually, um, you know, uh, taken and placed in the homes and um, I didn't get to meet my cousins until I was 13 years old, you know, and that was only by chance that... Um, one of my cousins was running a nipple clinic in, in Armadale and um, my sister met her and they just happened to talk about the same grandma, um, you know. So I was 13 when I got to meet them and, um, you know, Kirill and Azalea's grandmother, um, you know, taken at the age of three years old. So people don't get to hear those stories because it was never mandatory for people to learn those types of things um, in school, you know, learn about, um, you know, Aboriginal studies only became mandatory in the last two years. So, you know, really, really important. Um, you know, I love being an Aboriginal person. I'm a proud Dungari woman, you know, from the Dangari Nation and I'm proud to say that. But there's a lot of people out there who don't um, know where they're from or who they identify with just merely because of things like the stolen generation and uh, separation from their parents and whatnot and having no identity. Um, or even knowing your family connection, I can't even imagine how heartbreaking that would be for somebody. So, yeah, for sure. Really important. I'm wondering if, if you can share for us, um, I guess, how you guys, how your family came into to being Seventh-day Adventist Christians, because that's an incredibly powerful story. It we is. haven't got heaps of time, so it might need to be a, a condensed <laughs> version sure. of it. But you shared it with me before, Bianca, mm. and it's just so powerful to hear. So, I wonder if you can share that with us now. Yeah. So my great-grandmother, Minnie Quinlan, um, at the time when settlements and missions uh, were being set up in Australia, um, they had actually made an Aboriginal community down in, down in Bellbrook, uh, which is a small community outside of Kempsey on the mid-north coast and literally still has the sign up today to say that there's an Aboriginal community there. Um, my grandma had met a seven-day Adventist lady uh, when she'd went in to do, um, they'd gone in to um, sell vegetables um, and they'd come back out to the mission and um, anyway, back and forth, Nan had been going in, had been meeting with this lady and this lady actually wanted to do Bible study with her and um, at that time, the mission manager was pretty much in, in charge of everything. So... Uh, they gave permission for who came in and out of the missions, what people would eat, um, you know, they gave them rations, things like tea leaf sugar, rum um, and flour was the only things they were allowed to have at that time. And um, anyway, Nan had met this lady and um, they had said no, that my, she couldn't come in and do Bible study with my grandma. And um, so my grandma, um, what I've been told is that she used to sneak across... Um, the river um, or across the creek um, at the back creek and used to meet with this lady um, 
knowing all too well she could get in a lot of trouble for what she was doing. Um, but this lady would give her little uh, flyers and pamphlets and she would leave them around the house and, um, you know, she couldn't speak language to her children. At that time, That we weren't, like, my family wasn't allowed to speak their language. So my grandparents had 12 kids. They couldn't even teach them language. Um, but it, she would sit and she would read with them and um, also keeping in mind as well that my grandparents... My great-grandparents, uh, John and Minnie Quinlan, uh, my grandfather was the oldest initiated man in our tribe. So, um, and my grandmother, they spoke fluent Dungari language. And um, anyway, she had um, been leaving these flies around the house and her children used to read them. Um, and it was from that meeting with that lady and just learning, you know, um, bits and pieces about Jesus um, that my family became Christian. Um, so now, um, Kareel and Azalea are, let me think, fifth generation Christians in our family. And um, I'm very proud to say that uh, my grandma, Joy, her brother, um, George, had become the first Aboriginal pastor ordained in the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And he had done amazing things. Um, while he was still here with us and, mm. um, you know, travelled to places like um, Walloon. Um, I had the pleasure of going out there and living with him as well and seeing yeah. what that was like. Yeah. But, um, you know, Karanda went out into the desert and he got to share the word of God with a lot of people. So it really touched a lot of hearts. And that mm. all began um, with my nan just going into town and selling vegetables. Yeah. yeah. It's incredible. And to see, you know, that legacy of your, your great nan... Today, you know, in the lives of Kuriu and Zay, you know, coming and being a part of our church, it's, yeah, it's, it's incredible mm. and it's powerful and it shows what can be a- accomplished when we keep the gospel of Jesus as a priority in our lives. Mm. You, you say that, you know, your great nan could have got in a lot of trouble if she was caught doing what she was doing. Yeah, and I, w- would it be fair that the same could be said of the lady that was studying with her, that she might have got into trouble for, for sharing that or... Possibly not. Possibly not. <laughs> she was white, so yeah, right. Possibly okay. not. <laughs> yeah, but I guess taking that that legacy of, of of faith in Jesus and handing it from generation to generation, um, there's something really beautiful about that, and it kind of brings us towards our final question that I, I have for you now, Kirill, um, and you can add into it as well, Bianca. Um, but what might a legacy of rec- reconciliation look like for us as a church? whether that be on a, on a corporate level for the whole church or on a personal level for us as Christians. What does leaving a, a legacy in this space look like? Is it having more conversations like this? Is it, um, is it doing more for the community? What, what might it look like? What do you reckon? I guess a little bit of like all of, all of that. Like that would be great it's like for the church, but not just for the church. Like... Is it too controversial if I say the whole religion? <laughs> no, I guess for the, on a corporate level, it'd be great because we can basically share, or us as Aboriginal people can share our culture. And and I think that goes for not only our culture, but every culture, any culture. We can share it. And I think... On a personal level, it's great because not only does it 
help the church, but it also helps people who can experience it and share it. And I think that goes with Christianity as well. You can learn it, but it's also great to teach it because that's basically what being a Christian is, is sharing the love of God. And I think we can share our culture as well. And yeah, that would be great Mm. if we could just... Yeah, it's awesome. All of those. Do you have anything to add on to that, Bianca? Um, I think it's it kind of goes back to you know um choosing your neighbor yeah. <laughs> basically you know um you don't just um you can't be picky with that stuff mm. you know if you're a christian you don't sit there and and pick and choose who your neighbors are um you know and i think um you know i remember being in a conference once and i asked everybody um in the conference because they were trying to learn more about Aboriginal culture and I actually asked them, how many Aboriginal friends do you actually have or have had at your dinner table? And probably only 12 people in a room of um, literally 500 people and 12 people put their hands up. Um, you know, so uh, hopefully that question could be asked in this church <laughs> and maybe we could see how many people's hands are raised. And I don't think it's just Aboriginal people. Um, you know, my nan always used to say to me that... Um, don't make friends with just your, your cousins aren't just your friends, <laughs> you know. Your family's not just your friends. Get out there and meet other people. We have a very multicultural church, so really, really important to celebrate the fact that we do have that. Um, but like I said, get to know people's stories, empathise, don't sympathise. There's a big difference. So can you explain that difference? For yeah, me? definitely. So um, you know, sympathy is the quickest way if you want to cut somebody off <laughs> um, to sympathise with a person because it's kind of saying to them, um, "Oh well, too bad that happened." Um, but if you empathise with somebody, you're actually walking with them. Um, so you know, when you think of Jesus, he he didn't sit with Um, the people who were classed as, um, you know, kings and queens and whatnot. Uh, He actually sat with the tax collectors and he sat with the people who were foreseen as sinners and, you know, he did all that. So if we are going to call ourselves Christians, then we need to be doing more of that. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. And, and like you said, it's there, there are beautiful things about so many different cultures. And, um, you know, we, we, we're so lucky here at Central. And yeah. you, you've seen it as a part of the welcome today, yeah. just seeing all the, the different um, cultures represented by that and mm. um, to, to see that. And, and I think it's something beautiful about being a part of the family of God. And it's something that I love about um, not just our local church, but the fact that we're a part of a global denomination. Um, you know, we have members that have moved to the Gold Coast from Europe yeah. or from Africa or from Asia, um, South America, all over the place mm-hmm. and, and have moved here. And because we're, we're united by that faith in Jesus, yeah. we're able to put our differences aside and not ignore the differences, mm-hmm. but actually celebrate the beautiful things that are different about every culture. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of um, different cultural churches within the Seven-day Adventist Church. I mean, like how many people have actually been to Murray Church? Mm-hmm. And experience that and seeing what that's like or, um, you know, had involvement with ATSIM. You know, we actually have those channels there and the doors are open. So, Yeah, mm. yeah so I guess taking it as a, a personal challenge um, to, yeah, to, to, to invest in this area, to learn more, to get educated, to, yeah, um, yeah to make it a priority, to, to see justice, to see equality being a, a more um, consistent part of our yeah. society. Mm. I think one of the things to remember as well, that not all Aboriginal cultures are the same. 
So that's one thing that people will learn very quickly. Mm. Yeah, they're all very different. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, just to kind of wrap up today, I guess, are there any um, resources or any places you'd like to point people towards and say, hey, this could be a great avenue to learn more, to um, to educate themselves or anything like that? You mentioned the documentary Utopia yeah. before. Um, that's a, a really great place to start. Uh, definitely having a look at that. There is another one um, called In My Blood, which literally... Um, you know, uh, was shown on SBS... Oh, no, sorry, ABC the other night. Um, but SBS, ABC, NITV, if you're a TV person, definitely jump on there and have a look. Um, you know, there's the local cultural centre here down at Talabudra, um, obviously closed at the moment, but when they do reopen, uh, I recommend people go down and have a look down there as well. And no, I'm not trying to plug my organisation. <laughs> um but, yeah, just sitting with people, having a chat with them, definitely. And, um, you know, it, me and the kids are here. We're definitely, you know, willing to share our culture and what we know, our knowledge. So, yep. yeah, well, there's heaps of stuff out there. That's beautiful. And thank you so much for sharing and being a part of this today. Um, I've definitely learned some new stuff and I'm sure everyone that's tuned in has. So, um, yeah, if, if you do have a connection already with Bianca or the kids, feel free to shoot them a message, say thank you, or let them know in the comments um, your appreciation. Um, yeah, it's awesome to have you guys here. I'd love just to pray over you both as we as we wrap up, over your family as well um, and over our church. So, uh, yeah, let's just pray together as we close. Dear Jesus, uh, thank you so much for the love that you have for each and every one of us. You created us uh, uniquely and beautifully and with value. And I just ask that you might give us eyes to see the value um, in every culture, Lord, in, in every human being. Um, and, and may we truly live like that and interact with the world around us like that, God. Um, I thank you for Bianca and Kirill and for Zay as well and for their whole family and all that they bring to our church. And um, thank you for, yeah, for just giving them the words to share today, words that um, are yeah, uplifting and encouraging but also challenging, Lord. And I pray that we might heed that challenge, that we might take it as a yeah, personal responsibility to, um, to educate ourselves, to learn about the Indigenous experience here in Australia and just to try and make a difference on a personal level as well. And um, may our church's legacy be one of reconciliation. Um, I ask this and ask for your leading in this space as well, in Jesus' name. Amen. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, thank you for, for leaning in and being a part of this discussion. As we wrap up today's program, I want to leave you uh, with this question to discuss in your home groups or to discuss in the chat below um, if, if you are watching by yourself. And that question is this. What does it look like for you personally to be a part of this conversation? or to make a difference in this space? What is one tangible thing you can do in the week ahead to leave a legacy of reconciliation? God bless.